0: Episodes of IDOLO are presented in both English and Spanish. This is the English version. Si quieres escuchar en español, vuelve al feed. Y selecciona el título en español. This podcast contains graphic language, scenes of violence, and drug use that are not suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Episode 5 The Coachella Theory. I remember every single time I've been to Coachella. I remember when the living members of NWA reunited, how sweaty Ice Cube looked as he called Dr. Dre onto the stage.
1: Is there a doctor in the motherfucker?
0: I remember Beyonce. Oof. I mean, as long as I live, I will remember Beyoncé's homecoming performance and the chills it gave me. Coachella, y'all ready? I remember jumping up and down to Calvin Harris, singing along to Los Angeles Azules, Como Te Voy a Olvidar. And losing my shit when ASAP Rocky brought out Kanye West.
2: Let's go, Coachella!
0: Coachella has seen some of the biggest artists of all time grace its stages. And in 1992, a young Chalino would join their ranks and play a show that would change his career. That show, it was on my mind the last time I was there, in the spring of 2021. so we're in Coachella on a windy spring afternoon. We're standing on a big highway. Cars are whirling by. But this time, I'm not talking about the festival, the city of Coachella, which is an important place in the Chalino story. I'm looking at an empty lot that's been fenced up. And we can see through the fence, and we can see that there's broken concrete, wild bush everywhere. There's some tires just kind of scattered around. The empty lot is the remains of a place called Los Arcos. And it used to be a rodeo, and this is the site of the only documented gunfight Chalino had. you hear all these stories, like this legendary Billy the Kid figure. But this one that happened in January of 1992, we know actually happened. And it was here at Los Arcos, during a Wild West shootout straight out of a cowboy flick that the legend of Chalino Sanchez as a gunslinger was made. For Futuro Studios and Sonoro, in association with Sinmelo Productions, I'm Eric Galindo and this is Idolo, The Ballad of Chalino Sanchez, a show about the man who would become known as the godfather of narco corridos, whose life would become its own kind of legendary drug ballad. Cue the Ennio Morricone music. There are two sweaty cowboys staring each other down in the middle of the desert. The sun is long gone. One man is on stage. And the other in the crowd. The wind is blowing through the dry brush, bringing in the faint smell of amapolas from the California poppy fields in the distance. One of the cowboys, a man named Eduardo Gallegos, shouts something.
1: Chalino, caso, cabrón!"
0: His anger cutting like a knife through the tension of this moment. His gun casually waving around in his hands like a tumbleweed headed toward his opponent. The other cowboy is Chalino Sanchez, And he only has a split second to act, entirely on instinct, as he drops the microphone, dips his eyeline just an inch, and swings his right hand to his holster and back up in the air, aiming 10 millimeters of hard steel toward the direction of his rival. What's about to happen next is the incredible true story That's the foundation for the Coachella theory that Chalino Sanchez was murdered for his part in a Wild West duel that took place in front of an audience in one of California's most famous musical venues. And to understand why it happened, how it went down and how it changed the course of Chalino's life, we need to go back to Southeast Los Angeles in the early 90s when the music of the streets was found in swap meets all over black and brown LA. If you've never been to an LA swap meet, you're missing out. Swap meets here are usually a combination of a flea market, food festival, and that one shady cousin that can get you hooked up on a cheap flat screen TV. The best ones are usually outdoors in the lots of old drive-in movie theaters. Some of them still transform into theaters at night where you can watch movies from the comfort of your car with your girl and some homemade tacos de camarón you didn't even have to sneak in. If it sounds like I have a soft spot for LA swap meets, it's because I do. I fucking love the swap meet. Yo, my first job ever was working for $10 a day at a puesto that sold slightly defective Hanes underwear in the Paramount swap meet. In my hood, the Swami was everything. We grew up going to them for back to school shopping. It's where my parents bought our Christmas gifts, so the letters to Santa had to be mad specific. Because it was only shit they could buy at the Swami. And in the 90s, the Swami is where you would find the music not being played on the radio, all the street hits. That was something pioneered by people like Dr. Dre and a Japanese-American man named Steve Yano. In the 80s, Yano owned a music booth at the Rhodium Swap Meet, and he had this one customer who was buying all these underground records. That customer was a drug dealer with dreams of being a music mogul named Eric Wright, a.k.a. Eazy-E. Eazy-E asked Yano to connect him with the guys making all the tapes he was buying. And that's how EZ met Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. These hip-hop legends started NWA thanks to a swap meet. And the group got off the ground by selling their tapes at the swap meet, too. NWA was one of the first musical acts to blow up because of swap meet sales. This became a model for non-commercial artists to get their music sold and also made. And that's how Chalino Sanchez started getting his music out there when he was just making bootleg tapes of songs he wrote for Narcos that a lot of people were too scared to record, let alone sell in the store.
3: Chalino would sell his cassettes at the Paramo Swami and out of the trunk of his car.
0: That's my friend and musician Donny Robles. He grew up idolizing Chalino Sanchez and eventually followed in his footsteps into the music business, where he got to hang out with a lot of Chalino's friends and even played the bajo sexto on an album by Chalino's son, Adan Sanchez. So he's heard a lot about Chalino from the people who knew him best. And he told me that Chalino was making a ton of money selling his tapes in the parking lot of the Paramount swap meet.
3: Well, at first it wasn't that many, but it got to that point that it was 30000 The
0: music spread by word of mouth.
3: Yeah, bumping the music, somebody will like it, and then they'll buy it, bump it in their car, then, hey, who's that? I guess it became very popular.
0: Soon you could hear Chalino's music all over Los Angeles. And Chalino went from just selling tapes to performing all over L.A. I do remember going to a party and he was performing, like as a little girl. That's Univision anchor Yared Ramos, who remembers going to family parties as a kid where Chalino was hired to perform. And in L.A., there's a huge hub for people from Sinaloa. In that time, it was so much more easier to know someone that knew Chalino to play at your kid's baptism, at your kid's quinceanera, at your wedding. I haven't asked my dad how many times he saw him live, but I know and I remember a few times that I did. Can you imagine? You go to your little cousin's quince in a backyard and the little band they hired to play turns out to be the next Beyoncé? That's what it was like in the early days of Chalino's career. That's how corrido singers became stars, by playing quinceañeras and swap meets. And by 1992, the numerous backyard gigs, the DIY tapes from the trunk of his car, the fans in every corner of Mexican L.A., Chalino was ready to outgrow all of that by recording his first studio album in Long Beach with Pedro Rivera. Pedro Rivera is quite a character. He's a singer, an actor, an immigrant from a small Jalisco town called La Barca, who became a pioneer in LA's fledgling Mexican music scene back in the 70s. But he's probably best known for being the father of the late great Mexican music star Jenny Rivera. And her brothers, stars in their own right, Lupio and Juan Rivera. He's also reality star Chiquis Rivera's grandfather.
3: The song talks about pretending to be okay, but deep down inside, she's missing this person.
4: I like she was singing it to
0: me, you know? But for the purposes of this story... Pedro Rivera was a swap meet vendor with dreams of becoming the death row records of Mexican music. Don Pedro used to own a booth at the Paramount swap meet where his kids all worked, before they got famous. Pedro also owned a studio in Long Beach called Cintas Acuario. The studio and the booth would become the launching point for the careers of his kids, of people like Valentina Elizalde, and of Chalino Sanchez.
3: Once he started with Pedro Rivera, and Pedro Rivera started making more copies, Pedro Rivera had the distribution, so he'll send it to other states.
0: As Donnie points out here, Pedro Rivera gave Chalino legitimate distribution out of L.A. into other regions with big Mexican populations. And it got Chalino the attention of bigger audiences and eventually bigger record labels. Even though Chalino left Cinta's Aquario for good in 1992, Don Pedro still often takes credit for discovering and launching Chalino's career. By then, Chalinos Narco Corridos could be heard all over Mexico and the southwestern United States. Songs like El Pelavacas.
3: La verdad no se ha sabido La cosa es que lo mataron
0: Noches Tenebrosas
3: Era una noche tenebrosa y fría
2: Cuando las horas en silencio me pasaban
0: En El Gallo de Sinaloa
3: Soy gallo de Sinaloa
0: I tried talking to Pedro Rivera several times about how he felt when Chalino left for a bigger label, if he had any insights on Chalino's Coachella show, or even that last show in Culiacan. In the summer of 2021, I had enough of the phone tag and the back and forth with managers and producers. So I just rolled up with my producer Juan Diego to Pedro Rivera Cinta's Aquario studio in Long Beach, unannounced, and tried to convince him to sit down for an interview. We tried for about 30 minutes to get this legendary figure in the history of Mexican regional music to tell us all about how he met Chalino at that Paramount Suami parking lot, about how Chalino's handsome face and unique cowboy aesthetic added to his growing fame in LA's Mexican community. I wanted to hear it all, but I would have settled for anything. But Don Pedro declined to say a single word on tape about Chalino out of concerns for his own safety. It was a hot Friday afternoon, and I was standing where Chalino Sanchez himself had stood more than 30 years ago. And Pedro Rivera was standing there in cowboy boots next to his fresh Tesla, worried that whoever killed Chalino was still out there. And somewhere in a California prison, I imagined that someone, standing there, remembering the time he got into a shootout with Chalino Sanchez in Coachella. Early in January 1992, rumors that Chalino was going to play at a quinceanera in Compton began to spread around my neighborhood. A few days later, police had to be called in to shut the event down because so many people had showed up to this young girl's birthday party. Chalino Sanchez was a rising star. The demand to play live shows outside of Los Angeles increased big during this period. And on January 24th, Chalino Sanchez found himself about 134 miles outside of LA on a large outdoor stage at a rodeo in Coachella. A full seven years before the first-ever Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival. Before Beyoncé made history by being the first Black woman to headline the festival, and by doing it better than anyone had ever done before. Before you had to buy your festival wristband online almost a year in advance. Before this small Mexican immigrant community became upended by millennials and Gen Z kids looking for social media likes and really good MDMA. Before all that, the Coachella Valley's hottest shows where Mexican-ran nightclubs, bars, and rodeos. Places like Los Arcos. Picture this. 400 people crowd around a stage in California's high desert as Chalino Sanchez and his band Los Amables del Norte are performing their most popular songs. Everyone is dancing and having a good time. Except there's this angry fan who keeps asking Chalino to play El Gallo de Sinaloa, a narco corrido about a real-life cartel assassin. Hey,
1: Chalino! Tócate la del gallo de Sinaloa, cabrón!
0: But the song doesn't come. Each time this fan gets closer and closer to the stage, yelling for El Gallo de Sinaloa, Chalino ignores him and chooses to sing one of his other songs. The man gets more irate about it. And Chalino gets more annoyed.
1: Chalino, hazme caso,
0: finally, after about 20 minutes, Chalino tells the pissed off fan that he is now gonna finally sing El Gallo de Sinaloa. Here's Nacho Hernandez, Chalino's band leader, recalling what happened next.
2: Y mi compa empezó con otra.
0: They're about to sing a Gallo de Sinaloa, but Chalino suddenly changes his mind and starts to sing another song.
2: Nacho
0: says the fan jumped on stage, shouting, pointing the gun at Chalino. As usual, Chalino was strapped too. And he pulled out his 10 millimeter.
2: Mi 10 que traía, y
0: le tiró. And fired at this fan.
2: Pero el amigo, para él le tiró, el amigo le pegó dos aquí y le fregó el pulmón.
0: It was too late. By the time Chalino got a shot off, the fan shot multiple times, hitting Chalino twice in the lungs.
2: Y el cuarto me lo pegó mí aquí. The
0: fourth bullet hit Nacho in the lower back.
2: Me bajé, me subí para el stand y el amigo tirí tirí balazos, tirí tirí a Chalino, ir pegándole a otra gente. Ya no le pegó ni uno a mi compa, nomás los dos que le pegó.
0: Wounded and sprawled out on the stage floor, Chalino managed to shoot back at the fan sending him running into the capacity crowd. But even as he retreated through the swarm of panicked concertgoers, this man and Chalino kept shooting, injuring several innocent bystanders and killing one. Mató alguien. Sí. Se murió un muchacho. The shooter later revealed to be Eduardo Gallego's AKA Edward Gallegos was subdued by the crowd and eventually arrested by police And Chalino survived this attempt on his life, but just barely.
3: Chalino estuvo como for dos meses entre la vida y la muerte.
0: That's Chalino's widow, Maricela Sanchez, recalling the two months Chalino spent on life support.
3: Siempre fue una persona que sabía que estaba propenso a ese tipo de, de problemas, ¿no? entonces como tal portaba su pistola.:
0: She says it was terrible, but the Chalino knew what kind of environment he was in, and that's why he always had a gun. Chalino knew that at any moment, he would have to defend himself.
3: Gracias a Dios, la policía siempre estuvo muy claro. Él nunca pisó la cárcel. Y simple y sencillamente se olvidó ese asunto.
0: Maricela says that because it was self defense, Chalino was never prosecuted in the shooting, even though a bullet from his gun might have been the one that killed that innocent bystander. But Gallegos was prosecuted.
4: I uh, was uh, assigned the case of the shooting of Chalino Sanchez.
0: Henry Martinez was a homicide prosecutor for Riverside County at the time of the Coachella shooting. And before he was assigned to the case, he had never heard of Chalino.
4: I had no idea who he was, but because of the large crowd that was gathered and the press following and the Spanish-speaking press thereafter, I knew that he must have been uh, somewhat of a cult or a popular musician in the Hispanic culture.
0: For the first step of the investigation, Henry talked to witnesses and started to put together a picture of what happened.
4: Eduardo was just another member of the audience listening to Chilino Sanchez perform at a packed nightclub in Coachella, California, when Eduardo Gallegos jumped up on the stage, pulled out a handgun, and shot in the direction of Chilino Sanchez, actually wounding Chilino.
0: And even for a seasoned homicide detective... This was a wild case.
4: Unexpected, of course, to anybody in, at least I would think, in the crowd or to anybody in my office or law enforcement, Chalino was packing his own weapon, pulled out his own large-caliber handgun, and commenced shooting at Eduardo.
0: There's a slightly different account, found in legal documents, that Chalino's gun jammed when he first tried to fire it back at Gallegos, and he then proceeded to throw it at Gallegos' face. But either way, that was it. The cops knew what everyone else knew. Gallegos jumped on stage, and a shootout ensued. And no one knew why Gallegos did what he did.
4: Going into it, we had no idea what a possible motive might be. It just was not there. Eduardo was not talking. There was no rumors to follow up on. All we had was the cold facts of an unprovoked, unexplained shooting of Chelino Sanchez.
0: But there were rumors. Here's San Diego State Professor Dr. Juan Carlos Ramírez Pimienta.
1: Immediately people started saying that one of the cartels, Sinaloa cartel, had sent a hitman, which was this Eduardo Gallegos, to kill Chalino.
0: It was the natural thing to think. Chalino had a reputation in the underworld. He was making songs about and for narcos. Surely Gallegos was sent by them to kill Chalino... Maybe he pissed off the real guy of the Sinaloa for putting him on blast in a song. The cops found this explanation seductive as well.
2: Here's a man that's singing about the violence and the cartel world. And then an act of violence happens involving him. And what better way to perpetuate that lifestyle and to show how real this is and how deeply entrenched he is into the lifestyle itself than an act of violence.
0: And according to the Coachella theory, Gallegos, or the person he worked for, finished the job four months later when Chalino was killed in Sinaloa. But as soon as investigators looked deeper into Gallegos, the contract killer motive for the shooting didn't hold up.
1: I talked to the detectives on the case, they did not want to talk a lot about it, but they did talk.
0: Juan Carlos, the professor we just heard from, conducted his own investigation into the shooting.
1: I talked to some of the neighbors. I went to the place, and I uh, got copies of the record, the the case. And myself, I'm convinced that it was not a hit. Eduardo Gallegos was an unemployed mechanic in you know, body work, carrocero also and uh, very heavily into drugs, and no connections were ever established between him and any organized crime.
0: The shootout was most likely what it looked like.
1: A raving
0: drunk fan getting mad at Chalino for not playing his song. Like when a drunk person at the club harasses the DJ to play their favorite song, but if they were armed and dangerous. And there isn't any evidence that Gallegos had Chalino killed several months later from his prison cell or anything like that. I don't think Eduardo Gallegos is the man Pedro Rivera is scared to talk about. Police investigators charged and eventually convicted Eduardo of heroin possession, which was found on his person at the shooting, murder for the innocent bystander, and for Chalino's premeditated attempted murder and six counts of assault with a handgun. He was sentenced to prison for 15 years to life. He's still in jail today. The shootout didn't kill Chalino, but it changed his life in a different way. He emerged from it as a mythical icon, a Wild West Tupac Shakur, a hybrid of Billy the Kid and Bob Dylan. Here's USC professor Josh Kuhn.
4: He survived shooting that was the thing and he survived it and he wasn't afraid he survived it and then he went back to sinaloa right and that i think just made his fans fall more in love with him as a figure beyond his music
0: it worked perfectly with the chalino legend
4: it upped his ante as a wanted man it fed the image that is a mix of the kind of wild west image with a gangster figure of somebody who was on the run from, maybe they were cops, maybe they were bad guys, but he was a badass.
0: And the shootout was about to make Chalino mainstream.
3: <laughs>
0: That's Juan Antonio Fernandez, a university researcher who specializes in the history of violence and crime in the 20th century talking about the moment Chalino went from a guy selling underground tapes to a radio star. Gallegos
2: didn't kill
0: Chalino that night, but I'm convinced Gallego's attempt on Chalino's life is perhaps the biggest reason Chalino would wind up dying the way he did. Because for most of the Spanish-speaking world, that night in Coachella was the moment the legend was confirmed. Chalino Sanchez wasn't just singing about outlaws, he was an outlaw. Chalino was really involved in the cartels or in gang life. You know, he certainly sang about the Narcos, so you knew he knew them. Personally, I've heard yes and I've heard no. So uh, somebody who knows better is going
1: to have to say. Sanchez estuvo a punto de perder la vida. Hace aproximadamente cuánto tiempo, Va a ser two meses ahora He was definitely about that life. He was about that life because he didn't go into hiding, he didn't retire, he went right back to doing his thing.
3: He was already like getting very popular, and that just made him, I guess, because what if he sang, he started getting that fame as he's a gangster and all that. But after he got shot, that put him like in the cool status, you know?
0: <laughs> and now he was a very famous singing outlaw that, as Nacho Hernandez likes to point out, was constantly announcing his location for all of his enemies to see. No
2: puedes. No se puede ser valiente y músico porque te anuncias.
0: That's on the next episode of Idolo, the ballad of Chalino Sanchez. This podcast is written and reported by Eric Galindo, Alejandro Mendoza, and Juan Diego Ramirez. It's edited by Marlon Bishop and Carmen Graterol, with help from Rodrigo Crespo. It's produced by Juan Diego Ramirez and Liliana Ruiz, with help from Nicole Rothwell, Evelyn Uribe, and Angelina Mosher-Salazar. Executive produced for Sonoro Media by Jasmine Romero and Joshua Weinstein. For Futuro Studios by Marlon Bishop and for Sin Miedo by Eric Galindo. Sound design and mixing by Manuel Para. Original music by Hector Fernandez with the help of Alex Mendoza, Carmen Graterol, Jasmine Romero, myself, Eric Galindo, and Juan Diego Ramirez. Performed by Simon Temoxle, Javier Zabaleta, Junior Arizmendi, Gerardo Albaran, and Leonardo Cano, aka Quinto Zurdo. Music supervision by Big Sync. Special thanks to Morgan Chapel and the King of Corridos documentary and Simón de Moxley as Chalino Sanchez. I'm your host, Eric Galindo. Peace out!